In this episode of the Chillinois Podcast, I sit down for a deep conversation with a cannabis reviewer known as Cannabev. Before I send you into this conversation, I wanted to let you know that you can watch the video version of this episode at chillinois.net slash video, or by clicking the link that I've placed in the show notes for this podcast episode. If you want to ensure that you're notified anytime that we release a new episode of the Chillinois podcast, just go to chillinois.net slash blog. Going forward, that's where we'll post our show notes and announcements. Once again, that's chillinois.net slash blog. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Chris, welcome back to the Chillinois podcast. Thanks for having me. Hey, so folks are tuning in right now. I like to remind people that we are now streaming our podcast via video. It's chillinois.net slash YouTube. Today, I'm wearing a shirt with a picture of yourself and myself um, on the shirt. <laughs> See that? Oh, my Zoom blur is messing with me. No, but you get, you get I, I know it. who's there. I know yeah, who's you, there. Um, well, those are some pretty cool dudes as far as I'm yeah. concerned. So I was going to say, I we mean, need to start signing you. these shirts and, and, sell, and handing them out at events. <laughs> totally. I mean, as, until the season to see, uh, desist show up, I do it. Yeah. And probably yeah, a little bit afterwards, too. Yeah, why not? Well, hey, uh, for folks that don't <laughs> know you, uh, Chris, can you give yourself uh, an introduction to our audience? Sure. Um, my name is Chris Rohde. I am a certified sommelier and wine enthusiast, or and weed enthusiast, uh, both things. Um, I come from a, um, a food service uh, and wine background, um, did all that for about 15 years. Uh, and then COVID happened, a big change, and I started making a channel uh, about the thing that I was really interested in and passionate about. Um, cannabis has some, been something for me that's helped with my journey uh, creating something that, like I said, I've always wanted to do. And I wanted to share that with people. And, and the best way I could see doing that is kind of breaking down and kind of demystifying some of the things surrounding cannabis as far as the uh, consumption and some of the and experiences that are available out there in the community. Uh, and that's what cannabis is all about. Um, demystifying, you know, cannabis and, and all that, but also, um, you know, showing folks that, you know, through cannabis, you know, people can do the thing that they always wanted to do for me, deal with a lot of anxiety uh, and all the fun things that come along with that. Cannabis, or, uh, cannabis helps me silence that just enough to create. Um, and that's kind of what it's really all about. And in the meantime, you know, I get to smoke, you know, a uh, different flower and meet, you know, awesome, great people like the Chillinois podcast and, you know, some of the uh, uh, other amazing people that I've met. And uh, yeah. I'm at Instagram, uh, at Cannabev and, uh, Cannabev, you know, search on YouTube and all that other kind of stuff. You want to see my, uh, reviews and, uh, conversations, um, and some of the, uh, the little, um, what you call it adventures that I go on, you know, some yeah. local experiences and adventures to Michigan and all that other kind of fun stuff. I love those trips to Michigan. We'll have to talk about that. Folks that are watching, I've been splay, uh, displaying uh, Cannabev on social media. Once again, he's on Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. We will throw all those links in the podcast description if that makes it easier for you to bounce right on over uh, to Cannabev's content. Honestly, you know, to speak of cannabis and my uh, uh, and what cannabis helps me do, you know, normally I avoid these social uh, events. Um, it's a lot of anxiety for me, um, a lot to deal with. 
Um, but um, recently I went to uh, Canifest in, um, in the city uh, a couple of weeks back. You know, I didn't really know what to expect out of all that. Um, had a you know, whole bunch of things built up in my mind and, you know, what it was going to be and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was actually a great experience. Uh, love going, you know, met a whole bunch of, uh, you know, amazing people. And Nino Brown, uh, Conscious Cultivators, Westtown Weed, you know, Hostin Toasted, Midwest Days, uh, that model Nicole, um, uh, Canada model Nicole, um, Whimsical Weed Women, uh, High Again, uh, just a whole bunch of, you know, uh, South Side, South, South Side Shanky, like a whole bunch of awesome people. And, oh, yeah. you know, the whole thing that I had all, you know, built up in my head that it was going to be all this pressure and all that, you know, wasn't there. It was just a great experience. So uh, this urban social thing in Elgin, you know, I'm kind of expecting, you know, a very similar experience. I know some of those folks are going to be there as well. And it's like, you know, coming from the wine background, when it's like, it's a social event, but it's not a social event. It's like, you're at work, you know, you got to say the right shit. You got to be the right person. You got to create the right image, you know, drink, but don't drink too much. You know, what's that, you know, that kind of shit. And it's like, because of past experience, I was projecting it on, on some of the experience that, you know, that I was, you know, being wishy-washy about going to, but like, in instances like this, like it's usually, you know, it's, it's, it's usually a very chill event, yeah. you know, where it's like, yeah, just a bunch of people hanging out, smoking weed and to be like, oh yeah, I'm doing this. Oh yeah, I'm doing that. You know, <laughs> oh, I love that you're, you know, you're working on this. Like, yeah, it's really cool. You know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's really a big sigh of relief. You know, I mean, I've had a lot of anxiety, you know, about <clears throat> going out and doing the new things. I mean, with COVID and stuff around and, you know, recently I've, I've recovered uh, from COVID. So, that, you know, that's nice. Um, it, it's still out there and it's still a concern, you know, but there's, you know, we can all be mindful and, and, and go out and kind of experience a little bit more normalcy in, in life. Um, once again, I encourage folks to be, you know, uh, uh, vigilant and, and, and smart about, you know, their exposure and stuff like that. Um, but I think, you know, in the environment that's been created, um, has been a, has been a, has a, been a pretty safe one. Uh, and of course a very supportive one. Yeah. Well said. I mean, I think what you were just describing is, is correct me if I'm wrong, but the difference between like the crowd you might encounter at, at those types of gatherings. Um, it looks like you had a, like you all had a really good time, you know, festival aside, like I know there were things going on at the festival, like seed swap circus or whatever, but I, I just was fixated on the fact that y'all found a place to congregate, talk, and it just looked like a really good time. How does that compare to, I mean, you kind of already said it, but I just am curious if we could dig into it. How does that compare to some of those gatherings that you've had with frankly, other substances? I just feel like cannabis right. brings people together and, and alcohol. It might feel like it's bringing you together, but oftentimes it's just bringing down your inhibitions <laughs> so that you just don't fucking care and, and leak yeah. it all, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, um, I've moved uh, away from alcohol, you know, I, I might have a drink maybe once every like two months, like have like a beer or some, uh, some shit like that. But like, and I'm not, you know, I mean, if folks want to have, you know, a casual drink, you know, that's, that's totally fine. Um, <clears throat> but in a lot of those instances, like when I go to like a, a, in, in those circles, like drinking, it's kind of like, it's expected, and it's, you're always kind of, you know, expected to be someone and it's, 
when you're working in food service and you're working with other folks or you're working in sales, that kind of thing. And like the relationships are really kind of different. Like there seems to be kind of an expectation uh, that surrounds that a, a little bit more like in cannabis, like, like we're friends because we're, you know, like we're, you know, cause we're smoking weed right now. I'm not expecting to get anything out of you. You know, I feel like it's a little bit more of a genuine relationship, you know, where as opposed to, you know, when I'm drinking my inhibitions are down, like I'm more, more, I still kind of, you know, has reservations, but I'm still in a more inclined to say something stupid or, or be irresponsible. And I think, you know, a lot of folks, you, you get more of a, you get a little bit more, latitude, you know, when you're consuming alcohol for some strange reason, but like, I mean, ultimately I feel like you do more dumb shit on it, you know? Um, so I, I just feel like it's just a different mindset, you know what I mean? You know, and, 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 and you and I've, you know, and Justine, and we've talked about, uh, this on, on Canada when we had our talk and tope, you know, on how, you know, like kind of the fetishization of, of like drinking culture, you know, it's like, I'm happy. I drink, I'm sad. I'm drink, you know, I want to meet prison. Like the best version of myself is drunk. And it's like, you know, cause my inhibitions are down. And, and it's like, thrown around at work. It's thrown yeah. around at work so casually. Like I, yeah. I can, I, uh, people make so many times like, uh, like the, maybe I come in with the water cup. I always carry around this water cup. And if I'm in a particularly happy mood, people have asked, Oh, Cole, what do you got in that cup? Or they'll say, Oh, I wish it was, you know, five o'clock somewhere. Like that's the most common one. I mean, people will literally yeah. have it up. You know, it's crazy. Some people even have, obviously they don't drink it, but they'll have like a, a an expensive bottle of whiskey on their shelf in their office as yeah. like decor. And that's right, totally right. normal. It's right, so, right, like right. you say, I think you describe it well, the fetishization of, uh, alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I know, you know, there's a glass of wine. It's good to, you know, the, or a, uh, to thin your blood, you know, it's good for people that have like a heart condition or for older people. And, there, and there's people in, you know, that Italy, you know, in, in Italy or France, you know, who've been drinking wine their entire life since they were 15 years old. And it's like, in American culture, it's a little bit different, but still, like, there's not a lot of health benefits from it. You can support the Chillinoy podcast with a one-time, monthly, or yearly donation of your choice. That's right, you can contribute any amount of money to the Chillinoy podcast by going to chillinoy.net slash support. Your contribution helps us to afford the fees that are required to continue doing this podcast. If you're not in a position to contribute money, please leave us a positive review on whichever streaming platform that you're listening to us on. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, uh, from alcohol, but like I think cannabis adds a, uh, offers a little bit more, you know, uh, to the table than I think alcohol does. And I think, you know, as we continue to break down you know, the, the mystique around, you know, cannabis and the cannabis experience and what's actually out there, you know, I think you'll find more and more people to be like, yeah, I can do without the hangover, you know, and I, I feel better, you know, smoking cannabis. Like there's just so much, you know, misconception about what, you know, weed is, you know, both good and uh, both bad and good. Um, you know, actually, and, and it's something actually that you folks had uh, uh, spoken on, on the Chill Night podcast. You had the Dr. Uh, Sam something. Or yeah. Sam Bannister. Saying. 
Yeah. yeah, right, right. Just listen to that. Uh, awesome, awesome episode. And I encourage you folks that li- already listen to the Chillinois podcast to listen to that podcast as well. Like, there's just a lot of like, you know, not disinformation. It's just like, we don't know. We don't know is essentially what it comes down to is that we don't know. Um, and I think, you know, I think we get closer and closer to, you know, breaking down a lot of that, uh, a lot of that shit. And it creates, you know, a bigger tent and more people will, will come into that. And I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, as far as like the whole alcohol and cannabis and, and cannabis compared to any other drug, I was actually listening to, I've been listening to a lot of Hamilton Morris lately. Um, he is just brilliant i've always been a big fan of him but i recently found out he's got a podcast on patreon and i've just sunk deep into that and one of the things he's pointed out he had a conversation with dr carl hart from columbia university are you familiar with dr carl hart i'm not so look into him a lot of people i think will find what i'm about to say about him interesting he openly admits to using heroin loving heroin um, not yes, having, I think I've seen something like that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And some people say that he minimizes uh, uh, heroin because, you know, his use of heroin is much different than the street use of heroin. He's got access to and has the knowledge to know what is quality heroin and what is not heroin and how you dose it out. And, you know, like he's got that pharmacological knowledge versus somebody on the street that's trying to apply it to themselves for him to say that that relapse is nothing or whatever, it's like, well, you did a very controlled exp- or, uh, uh, withdrawal. He said withdrawals. He's like, it's not as bad as some people have described. And I'm like, mm, it may not have been as bad for you because you had a controlled experiment, controlled dosages. You knew what to expect. Some of these people get locked up or whatever else may, the case may be, and they go into withdrawal and it is a living hell. So to, to people's point there is some minimization i think he does about heroin but one of the points i think that they really dive into is that we need to stop and i don't think you were doing this and i don't think anybody would think i was doing this either but we need to stop trying to paint cannabis as this like perfect substance and and always pointing to some other bad guy because that it just doesn't it does it's not constructive it doesn't help and actually it sets us up for failure um like if you set up this, uh, you know, perfect situation where drugs are always presented as safe, therapeutic, spiritual, or historical, there's a good chance that when you um, introduce any drug to a large population, that there are going to be people that don't have favorable reactions. And in fact, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with Sam Bannister is, is the idea that we've actually in, uh, identified people that have genetic predispositions to cannabis and alcohol. You know, those people that drink like a uh, half a beer and they are off the wagon. They are like fucking slammed. And it's like, bro, what happened to you? And it's not their fault. It's biology. And so I, I want to wrap back around to the point of people all the time try to say, you know, that cannabis is, like I say, safe, therapeutic, and all these things. But uh, Hamilton made a brilliant point, which is that safety isn't really the point at all. To me, it doesn't matter whether or not something is safe. It's the idea that we should have the freedom to do dangerous things if we choose. And so the way I relate to that is I ride motorcycles. I love it. My mom hates it. 
We're allowed to shoot guns. We can purchase Tannerite, which is an explosive. You can buy bleach, rat poison. You're allowed to go skydiving, bungee jumping. All of these things carry risks, but it's assumed that any adult that engages in these risks are aware of those risks, right? You know, eventually somebody's going to have some problem, but does that mean we go back to prohibition? No. What, what we're trying to emphasize is the idea that you should have the right to explore your mind and your, your consciousness. People say that the, these types of people like you and I are, we're called psychonauts. <laughs> um, in other words, we encourage uh, cognitive liberty. We're, we're trying to emphasize the right. A lot of shit, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Never a cosmonaut. Um, we're trying to emphasize people's right to explore these alternate states of consciousness, regardless of whether or not they're safe or therapeutic, traditional, spiritual. The point isn't that it's safe or any of these other things. The point is that if we want to live in a free society, we have to be able to take a certain amount of risk, right? Um, people look to wrap up my thought. If you're wondering where that came from, people will always say cannabis is healthier than consuming alcohol. And I make the joke. It's like, yeah, well, drinking spring water and inhaling air is probably healthier than both of those activities. Right. Drugs inherently aren't maybe healthy. And I'm not saying that they're unhealthy either. It really just depends on the context and how you're using it. You know what I mean? It really, it really depends. It, there's so many variables to this. It's hard for me to paint with a broad brush, but what I really wanted to lay into was people all the time try to demonize or compare. And I'm just like, the point isn't that drug, any drug is safe. The point is we should have the freedom to do them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing to, uh, it's a big thing Digest. to there. It's a lot of, that's <laughs> a lot of thought. Um, well, um, I mean, for me, um, so uh, to go back to the, you know, the uh, the genesis, if you will, of cannabis, um, you know, after um, and I became a sommelier and then, if, you know, five months later, there's no jobs for sommeliers anymore. So you kind of have like a reflection on what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um uh, so at the time I was really kind of searching around, you know, to kind of find something to kind of help me focus or, you know, to kind of change my, uh, my mindset. And, uh, I was, uh, listening to, uh, the, um, Sad Guru on, uh, it's got a podcast and a whole bunch of other yeah. kind of stuff. And he's got some great stuff and there's some stuff that's like, it's complex, it's complex, but there's something that actually that he said that really stuck with me. And it was, um, the purpose of life is life. Like, there's no like, there's no how to, or you're, you know, there's no destiny. You're not going anywhere. Like the purpose is to experience life. Like you're the only two person, you're, only, you're the only person looking through these two eyes. And in the end you go back into the ground and that's that, you know? So it's like, while you're here, you're, you know, you do your thing and, you know, and, and that really connected with me now. I mean, that being all said, you know, there is a level like I, I, I want to make sure I cover something that's important to me. There is a level of social responsibility that I feel that we all have to each other as uh, common creatures on this planet. Um, but like for me, um, yeah, man, I mean, the, the, the purpose of life is life, you know, is to experience and and however you get there and whatever level of consciousness, you know, you choose it to be is is how you get there. Like, I mean, I I would hope, you know, people not engage in, you know, 
destructive behavior. And, and you spoke to this already, you know, I mean, I, I think like in a vacuum, yes, absolutely. You know, when you add the human element to that, there's just so many more variables and you can't, you know, paint with a broad brush because, you know, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's shades of gray and so many more colors to life, you know, things that we're conscious of things that we aren't conscious of, you know, it, it's, it's a really interesting thing. And it's a conversation actually that I had with a very good friend of mine, you know, when we were talking about, you know, just, you know, what exists out there. And it's like, well, as a human being, you're, you know, you're looking through these eyes, which, you know, are, you know, an, an incredible, you know, uh, um, you know, feat as far as evolution is concerned, but I can only see through, you know, the colors of the, the light spectrum, you know, I can only hear through vibrations, you know, in the air around me for what I can, you know, sound, I can only smell so many things, you know, there, there's a quadruped in the other room that has a better eyesight and, you know, sense of smell than I do that perceive things that I could never perceive because of the limitation of the shell, you know, if something, you know, you you know, if a person feels like, you know, they can consume something, you know, that helps them have a greater perspective on the things around them, you know, to have a greater understanding of this thing that we call life. then it's like, yeah, dude, don't fuck with anybody. Let them find their thing. I mean, <clears throat> I've spoken to you, you know, to you folks about this, like, as far as like mushrooms and psilocybin, I think everybody should do it like in a, in a comfortable, you know, place, you know, where they're safe, you know, maybe with a guide, you know, a shaman or what, you know, whatever you want to call it, or a social worker or what have you But you know, I think that's a great thing. You know, I mean, um, sometimes, you know, shutting down that part of your brain that deals with, you know, self-doubt and self-consciousness and just literally being present in the moment, you know, and seeing, you know, seeing, you know, the world just be completely alive, you know, and, and feel like it's engaging with you, I think is a wonderful experience that I think, you know, will it, it's, it's more studies show that it helps people with PTSD and, you know, a host of other things like, I mean, just doing, you know, just somebody having that experience to maybe kind of deal with some serious shit in their life, or maybe them finding, you know, two hours peace of mind, you know, that comes, that comes from an experience like that. I think that's great. And yeah, we should, you know, totally be allowed to, you know, to do that kind of stuff. I think that's great. Once again, the purpose of, you know, life is life, you know, to, you know, to experience it. And I think, you know, folks should be allowed to do as such and not get hassled. Yeah. And I mean, one of your, so I liked, I really liked what you just had to say. And I, I just know that one of our, the main critiques we would receive for, for, from somebody that, disagreed with us. It's just that, you know, if we, if we suggest everybody use it, they're going to try to make the point that, Oh, they're going to point to any extremities, any cases where somebody got hurt or whatever else. And it's like, you know what, again, safety is not the point. Like you said, I loved what you said when you're like, you know, you're the only person that can see through these two eyes and this is your life. And I, I boiled it down because I sat down with uh, Jordan Davidson from smart approaches to marijuana yesterday, which is somebody that it, I endlessly disagree with. Um, and I just said, you know, imagine that it was just you and I on the world. Who are you to tell me what I can't and can and can't do? Like when you really boil it down to that, that's when drug prohibition just, I mean, you, I can make it seem ridiculous in so many other ways, but if you just boil it down to that, that it, I feel like really makes it seem, you know, crazy. And he said, well, that's not the world we're living in. I said, okay. I mean, that would be a fun world though, wouldn't it? But I, um, 
uh, I, it's I was complex, just, dude. I mean, listen, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, getting through life ain't fucking easy, dude. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 there's a whole bunch of shit that comes along with it. You know, I mean, my perspective is, you know, and you know, it's been a readjustment in my, in my mindset, you know, I mean, I'll be frank, you know, I'll tell, telling everyone, like, I mean, most of my happiness is about three years old. You know <laughs> what I mean? Where I've kind of listen, like I'm not in competition. Like I, you know, I ain't got to be, you know, I don't want to be captain in an industry or no bullshit like that. I know I want to be a positive, you know, you know, part of, you know, the world around me and how I engage with it. You know, I want to say hello and be, you know, kind and supportive of the people that I work with or, you know, you know, clients, you know, that I come in contact with, like, not because I particularly want something for them, because I think, you know, I want to feel good about, you know, what I've sent out there towards people. So it's like, uh, you know, once again, to speak of, you know, personal liberties, you know, like, yeah, like, I, I would, I would rather, I would rather meet somebody where they're at as opposed to try to make them more like me. You know what I mean? You know? And it's like, if this is your lifestyle and this is your mindset, I want to give you space to live that lifestyle. You know, I guess the only thing that I ask in return or expect in return is, you know, space for me to do my thing as well, you know? And, and usually, you know, those worlds, you know, don't clash, you know, to be perfectly honest, I, I, we have human beings, uh, to get, get more meta on this. We're talking heavy shit this time. Um, like human beings in general, like, I mean, like, I think we're made to, to kind of compete with each other a little bit more and, you know, defend this little piece of this world that is ours, you know, and it must be defended and all thing. And I will plant a flag on a, you know, on a, on a hill that nobody's fighting over, you know, kind of bullshit. And it's like, I ain't fighting you. Like, it's cool. Like, let's just hang out and, you know, smoke some weed and feel good about ourselves and give each other space. And I think, you know, that's one of the great things that I feel about the cannabis community is actually, and it's like, I, I, the folks that I've met recently, it's less planting their flag and more being like, Hey dude, welcome to my world. You know, how can I help? You know, let's be friends, you know, that kind of shit, you know, and that feels good, dude. That's something that to go back to what we talked about earlier, like that's something that didn't exist. Like when I was working in the other industries, you know what I mean? And I also don't want to point, I'm not, and I'm, and I'm saying this is kind of like a, I'm not talking shit about corporate cannabis, I guess, in this instance, I'm not saying like that doesn't exist with inside, you know, those structures, you know, those constructs, but like in the community that I've been engaging in recently, I haven't bumped into that. And that's not to say that it doesn't exist out there. I, I was talking with some folks and it's like, can there can there be one thing in, in cannabis that's not crooked, you know, that kind of thing. It's not to say, you know, there's not, you know, some, some, you know, nasty players out there, but for the most part, the people at the, at the ground level that are, you know, doing the stuff like you and I are doing, or, you know, folks in other States are doing, like, I don't see that. I don't see that as much. And it's refreshing. It makes me feel good. It keeps me motivated. You know what I mean? Because there is a positive, you know, relation uh, community out there, you know, and, once again, to go back to what we spoke of earlier, you know, I think that welcomes more people in, you know, I feel like folks that are cannabis curious, like think when they think, 
you know, legacy or aftermarket or black market, you know, it's nefarious people selling shit out of, you know, out of their trunk or some shit like that. And it's like, most of these folks are folks between the ages of like 21 and 50 and they're making edibles that, you know, that are delicious, like cakes or, you know, they're people that help grow, you know, if you're a medical patient or, you know, they're, you know, incredibly knowledgeable on, you know, CBD and hemp, you know, extracts and all that other kind of stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, once you kind of see the human side of all of that stuff, it's actually a, you know, a pretty cool community and, you know, and, and, and very warm and, you know, and I guess, you know, a terrible term to use, I, I say tangible, but it's like, it, it's kind of like the difference from seeing like, you know, an independent film and seeing, you know, a, you know, uh, uh, you know, big block, you know, big, you know, uh, blockbuster film, you know, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? That you, you can yeah. see, you can sniff out that kind of corporatism in it and, and find a little bit more, I, I guess, you know, to speak romantically of it, a little bit more of a heart there. Yeah. Well, I think that that at the core, that's what the cannabis community is. Um, you know, um, but like you say, this is something else I tried to describe to, um, this is actually one of the points I think that smart approaches to marijuana, like is almost on target with, but they just missed the mark. And I was very clear about that, but you know, well, we won't go there. You guys can check out that episode when it comes out It, you know, anyways, uh, there's a separation between the culture and the policymakers. Um, so we, I would say that, you know, I would say that the, the creators you mentioned earlier, that group of folks that I saw, the people that are helping, that are actually helping people, I would describe them as the culture. I would describe. Um, yes, I agree. 100%. You know, pe- people that shape the laws or people that lobbied for the laws is those is the policymakers. So capitalism, the corporatization or the commercialization of cannabis, however you want to describe it. Sadly, I think is the only reason that it's becoming legal. You know, it started with the hippies and the flower childs, you know, the counterculture asking for cannabis to simply be legal. I remember like the videos you see and the vibe you get, it's like they're in parades and stuff and they're like, this shit should be legal, man. Why are you putting me in jail, man? And it's like, now you have people that go to business schools with plenty of capital and, and lucrative connections, um, which all allow them to spend millions and millions of dollars to hire lobbyists. They play the game like a capitalist. And then we see those laws change, um, you know, and I, I think it's unfortunate because the people that put in the time, the people that have gone to jail, the people that have been affected by these policies and continue to be affected by these policies are not the ones to benefit from this quote unquote legalization. It's the people that went to business school they're absolutely doing anything they can um, just to flip product for profit. You know what I mean? It's, it's just crazy to me that it seems like anytime a state legalizes, and I'm not saying we can't walk and chew bubble gum. I want to be very clear. I think people, I've fielded some critiques when I say this. Um, so I want to be clear about what I'm saying. Legalization should be like a conversation that includes more than licensing. I'm not saying it can't be a part of the conversation. We can walk and chew bubble gum. Okay. I'm just saying my definition of legalization first and foremost means it is no longer a crime in any situation to simply possess cannabis. 
It's no longer a crime to cultivate cannabis. If I've ever been charged by you, the government, you should automatically expunge my record because you're the motherfucker that did it. Okay, now we can talk about licensing. Undo the harms of the war on drugs. Like I just, and again, I, I, don't, I just said it in a way that sounds like it's parsed out. Okay, now we can talk about licensing. I think we can talk about it at the same time. I'm not saying that it has to be one before the other, but I just go back to the origins of this movement. And I don't think those people were saying, legalize it, man. I want to be able to buy dab carts in the dispensary. You know, like that wasn't on, they weren't even thinking about stores with weed. I don't think they were, they w- I don't think you would have even heard the name dispensary. You know, I don't know, but you get what I'm putting down. Yeah. Do you- yeah, totally. I mean, listen, like you've, you've gotten to the, to the point, you know, the problem with the cannabis industry, uh, you know, and yes, you know, the corporatization of, of cannabis, something that being grown in, in a backyard, right? Very simply. Um, like what we're running into, the part that sucks is the only reason, like, like you started off with, the only reason why it moves forward is because of equity in cannabis. You know, the can of chads are necessary to to show that there's a profit to be made, there's revenues to be made, and there's an opportunity essentially to, you know, to get donors, you know, for the party, you know, uh, either, you know, both, uh, both sides of the aisle, um, you know, um, and, and both sides are, you know, guilty and stupid and, and a whole bunch of other things. And that's new. And we can get into that if you want to, um, you know, but like, um, it's, it's necessary, you know, to at least get licensing out there, you know, for there at least to be something that we can point to and be like, Hey, like we've moved this forward. Now it's time to move social equity, you know? And unfortunately it's a lot of lip service and they say a lot of shit and they promise a lot of things to communities. That's, you know, it doesn't going to come or if it comes, it's a trickle and it's fucking, you have to play the game and you, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be willing to be a pain in the ass or be a little bit crooked yourself to, you know, to get into that part. And like, and it fucking sucks and it doesn't have to be that way. But unfortunately, you know, cannabis, like everything else has to be, you know, looked at through the lens of capitalism or, you know, or, or as a consumable, as a luxury consumable, because, you know, you can make a dollar off of it, you know? And once again, you know, it's a thing that you can grow in your, I got my plant right here. Like there's something that you can grow in your backyard very, very, you know, easily kind of thing. And it's like, it ain't gotta be that way. And it, and it fucks it up. It fucks it up for everybody, you know, just like, just like the dude who, you know, consumes too much at, you know, at the party and it's like, everything was going cool and you fucked it up because you, you know, it, it had to be about me, you know, like the, the bed, you know, that a bed that a dude sleeps on just isn't soft enough. You know, they, you know, they can't fly to, you know, they can't fly to hypersonic plane around the world, you know, and, you know, and, and, and go back to, to my, uh, yesterday, you know, that kind of shit, you know, and it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. And for, you know, the people that are really truly impacted by it, you know, they'll never see that kind of money or something like that. They're just looking for some peace of mind. You know, they're looking to have their lives put back together, you know, through, you know, 
you know, because, you know, the criminal justice system, you know, completely destroyed it, you know, and now they're dragging their feet because it's like, well, the money's flowing in. So I guess we're geniuses, you know, we've got, you know, we've got new donors and, you know, new tax revenues. So clearly we've got this on lockdown. We don't have to move forward. And it's like, no, like just because the money's there doesn't mean, you know, you can ignore, ignore all the other shit that comes along with it. Like we have a long way to go, a long way to go, you know, and, you know, licensing only, you know, solves a small, you know, part of it, you know, there is, it, it, it just boggles my mind. It's just a mind blowing thing. And it's like, as much money as the cannabis industry makes, it could be making way more if, you know, licensing was so much easier to, to, to get your hands on, you know, I mean, like, uh, like there's, there, there's, could be events and, you know, uh, like open events and stuff like that, you know, like, like we have food trucks now, you know, to have stuff like that, you know, for folks that come out or, or, um, uh, we talked about that, uh, go to your farmer's market, you know, have three local growers that are licensed to throw at the, you know, or have a permit, you know, have a weekend permit to sell hemp flour or to sell cannabis flour and, you know, cannabis extracts at their tent. And they have it for two years and then they got to, you know, give it up to somebody else, you know, that kind of shit. And then it's like, we could have that, like that's revenues that's giving people's jobs, like let's look at, you know, I mean, the food service industry still have not recovered, uh, recovered from all the jobs that were lost, you know, now they're even lower paying jobs. They even used to be right. So it's like, you know, that's an opportunity to employ more people that have left the workforce or, or like I read a thing in NPR, like the great resignation is still a thing right now. A whole bunch of people have lost their jobs. We can, there's the opportunity, folks. Like the money's on the table. You'll be creating jobs. You'll look like a genius. And yet none of the shit moves forward because, you know, the right, you know, the right donations haven't been made yet. And nobody's found, no lobbyist has found like the, the proper, you know, piece of legislation that everybody can get on board with, you know, add that to ignorance at the very, you know, highest level of, of office, you know, on the, you know, topic of cannabis you know, as a whole cannabis, big C like, and it's like, it's very easy to become, you know, pessimistic and cynical about, about it. Yeah, absolutely. I just, it's like sad because things, uh, things continue to this day. Like I was reading a story about some dude in Alabama that recently got arrested for possession of cannabis. And so now he's working for the state. I say working, it's a prison thing, you know, like, I I don't even know how that's legal. Uh, how you can just make prisoners work for that, like amount of money. You know what I mean? The, the small amount of money that it's it's another hustle. Like, yeah. Um, what you call they had, um, inmates in California fighting the wildfires for like half as much. And it's like, no, like, that's a problem too. Do you have any idea how awful that looks and sounds? Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of those people have like cannabis related offenses. And this is just my thing. Like, it's funny. Um, it's funny. So let me go back to the thought that you just did before I try to segue to this. Hopefully I don't forget it. Um, so yeah, I, I, you said it perfectly. Like it just seems like we could do both of these things. And I guess to just try to put it in a way that, really i hope it illustrates how wacky this all is it's like somebody comes out it's their press conference and they're like all right we are righting the wrongs of the war on drugs we have legalized cannabis 
So first question, does that mean we can buy it at stores? Yes, but only limited amounts. Does that mean we can possess it? Yes, but only limited amounts. What happens if, what happens if we exceed those amounts? You're going back to jail, baby. So it's like, it's like, it just see, I, I hope that putting it that way, like paints the picture. Cause it's like, yes, it's legal, but only a little bit, <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's just this, yeah. as an attorney put it, it's like a tightrope that you have to walk on. And if you slip off just a little bit, especially in Illinois, all the old penalties apply. And it's just, that's just the craziest thing to me. You know and what I mean? And they can adjust and they can adjust it. I mean, listen, you can only buy 20 gallons of spirits. Uh, like you can't go into uh into a Binnie's, you know, and clean them out. Like that's illegal. Um, and they can't sell it, but it's like you get a you get a fine, you know, you're not going to jail. And Bingo. it's like, you know, and it's like, and then like, and really the fine is like 250 bucks or something stupid like that. It's nothing ridiculous, you know, it's, uh, you know, and it might even be more than that. You know, it's a little bit more of a slap in the hand. Like, you know, once again, it's like, you can be responsible that you don't have to like, is this what we're going to allocate our, t- our, our resources to and manpower to is, is putting people in jail for this. Like it, it, it always blows my mind. And I was like, this person was bought, uh, busted with 300 pounds of cannabis. And it's like, okay, that sounds like a lot of weed. And it is a lot of weed. Um, but also it's kind of like, so you had surveillance on this location. You were following this person, the man hours for uh, law enforcement to follow this person, uh, to get the warrant, to execute the warrant, to, you know, process this person and now put this person in jail for five, 10 years, what have you like, that's way more money than the street value of 300 pounds of cannabis. Like, is this what we're allocating our time to? Like, are you serious? Like, and now you just ruined a person's life because of 300 pounds of cannabis. Like this, it just does, it, it just does, it doesn't make economic sense. And these are the people that are supposed to be all about, like, we need to do, you know, we need to be smarter with your tax dollars. And it's like, all right, well then stop busting people for this shit. And like, uh, please hire a social worker for every single, you know, you know, police department in, you know, in Illinois. And then I'd be like, all right, like that's a pretty good allocation to money as opposed to busting people for their shit, you know, expunge everybody's, you know, record who's, you know, been busted for anything below, I don't know. I don't know. A a ton of cannabis or some shit like that, you know, something, something that's like, you know, something that didn't come in a truck shipment, you know, like yeah. maybe if you were, maybe if you were found with a, with, with a truck in your, in your, uh, uh, truck container in your backyard, you know, filled to the very top with weed, like that might be like, all right, you might have a little too much, but like, you, you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Well, and to your point, like this is a, this is something I think that I heard from Hamilton Morris, like I said, been digesting a lot of his content lately. And he made the point that like, when you see a firefighter, you're not scared especially if you need them, you're actually pretty goddamn happy. <laughs> um, if you see a firefighter, it, even if you need a cop, you're still kind of nervous about calling a cop, aren't you? Um, isn't that sad? And why is that? I really think it comes down to the war on drugs. Like there's not really anything else like inconsequential that they can. I mean, sure. I'm not going to say that they don't do stupid things like, Oh, you gotta, your license plate light is out. It's like, okay, dude, you could see my fucking license plate. Thank you. You could just give me a heads up and I can replace it. I don't need a ticket for this, right? Sure. 
they can do little things like that. I'm not going to, you know, but when it comes down to it, it, that's what really boils down. The, the craziness of the war on drugs is just the fact that you have like plant particulate on you or certain compounds that, you know, interface with your consciousness. They're going to be like, Hey, (laughs) you're going to jail. You know, um, it's, I feel like it's an arbitrary thing for the police for law enforcement to uh, harass people about. Yeah. To and be involved be honest, with like, you know, to harass uh, black and brown people about because right. they're most likely Primarily. to have something like on it, yeah. you know, because it's like uh, <laughs> the saying is rich kids do cocaine, poor kids do smoke weed. Like we can't afford that shit. So in yeah. a poor community, you're more likely to be, busted with cannabis on you. Right. It's like, Oh, well we found this on you, you know, and it's this, this little tiny nug that you find in the, all the way in the bottom of your pocket, that pocket, that's mostly lint at that kind of thing, but it's an opportunity to harass people, you know, yeah. and it's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Once again, you're going to allocate time to harass, you know, people for, you know, an eighth, it's like, give me a break. Or it's like, they get an ounce. Well, they're selling, you know, there's, they're selling grams. Like who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like really is like this, once again, is this what you al- want to allocate your time to ruining a 18 year old kids, you know, life over uh, a pound of weed? It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what are we doing here? And there's like, no reason to make this a permanent thing for their life. You know, and back to your point about expungements that, that you brought up. I think it's interesting that I always hear people say we need to expunge nonviolent cannabis offenses. And it's like, but wait a minute, if they hit somebody, I still don't think they should be charged for cannabis. <laughs> like, it, it, right. Do you agree? Like these things yeah, yeah. can, ha- is cer- certain situations can happen. What does violence have to, like when they say nonviolent cannabis offenders, I'm like, I thought we just agreed that cannabis shouldn't be a crime anymore. So what does right. the context have to do with them, their records being expunged? Like, just take that part off the record. I'm not saying you have to take the violent part off the record. Like keep the crime on there. Take the, the other, the bullshit thing off. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right. I'm not, it's, you know, it's, it, well, it's important to add language like that. Um, when dealing with the uh, laws and courts and stuff like that, you know, so we're adding, you know, what is the definition of that? It kind of gives them like a broader spectrum to be like, well, I mean, this person resisted arrest. Well, it's like, were they rushed by three people dressed in plain clothes that they, that he thought were allies of him? Because yeah, I would probably fight those people too, kind of thing. Like I don't remember reading anything in the news about a bunch of dudes, you know, defending a, a truck filled, you know, a cargo truck filled of uh, cannabis with Mac tens or some shit like that. I mean, like, I mean, if that's existed, I, I haven't heard about it kind of thing. Like, so I could see how that could be problematic, but like, yeah, it's once again, it's an opportunity to kind of add nuance to how you want to charge people. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, it was a cannabis, you know, possession, but it was a, you know, it was, uh, uh, it was, he a was deranged. And, yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? And it's like, once again, is this what we're allocating our time and money to? And it's like, 
like leave it alone. Like what? And, and to go be like, if, if you want to look at this, this stuff through the lens of capitalism, we're leaving money on the, on the table. There are so many knowledgeable and talented and, and, and motivated people in the cannabis space that aren't being utilized. It's a fucking crime, dude. It's, it's a fucking crime. Like, um, you see, uh, I post on my Instagram, the Jane and Mary's ice cream, awesome fucking ice cream, great lifts whenever you have, love having it at night, sleep through the night. The thing could be, you know, a multi, you know, million dollar thing, but because we keep fucking people out, like there's no opportunity for something like that to flourish. And it's so stupid. It's just devoid of any common logic. But I mean, I guess, you know, like I'm, I'm the pot smoker. So I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Right. You're crazy. You're insane. I'm just not the first time I've been told that. So I'm comfortable with it, but you know, just because, you know, you know, I, I don't know. You might be paranoid, but it doesn't mean that they're not following you or like, I don't know what the saying is, but something like that. Yeah. Well, I've got a little secret. It's way too early to be as high as I am right now. <laughs> oh dude like i had a uh i've been on like on a tolerance break since i got sick so like same well i, I didn't get sick some, but i've been taken off but anyway so you a break yeah. yeah yeah like i uh essentially a break so like uh i blazed some stuff that i uh that i had gotten and uh this morning i was like shit i'm pretty fucking stoned holy crap i was like all right all right and i've been you know vaping on this so it's been treating me treating me pretty well treating me pretty well well, at least we can say we didn't have a bad morning. You know what I'm saying? Dude, like usually I try to do a nice like setup, you know, cool lights and all that bullshit, but it's like it's the sun is out. Dude, you know what I mean? I love it. I love it. I can't dude, I think I'm going for a run today. I'm not uh, uh I haven't convinced myself yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to go for a run. Like, I just want to be yeah. outside, dude. Uh, I read an article the other day in the last 43 days we've had one day of sunshine. Yes. Like, yeah. I saw that too. And I was like, this that sounds about right. I was sitting here wondering why I was fucking depressed. It's cause I ain't seen the sun in 45 fucking days. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a thing, you know, something once again, you know, our common nature as human beings, you know, got to get that sunshine, you know, yeah. it makes you feel good. makes you feel good. I can't remember what comedian he, it is. I'm pretty sure it's a guy and he's talking about, um, He's like, nobody is talking about in the context of weed. He's like, nobody sits here and thinks about what this is. He's like, we're shooting through the universe, rotating around a fireball. And if we don't see it for a few days, we get sad. What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's, 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 it's this is a trip. Right? This ball in the sun. Yeah. Uh, 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 this uh, ball of fire in the air. Right. Yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy, you know, to think of uh, how tiny we are, you know, uh, you know, the, the macro, the true macro, the true macro. But, you know, I think I don't mean to get too deep or cliche, but for me. What I think I experienced through my and when I run for president, they're going to use this as a campaign ad against me. What uh, what I think I experienced cool. uh, for, for, through my use of drugs is the overview effect. I ended up figuring this out. Uh, I first heard about it in the context of William Shatner going to space. Just the way he was like, he came back and he was just like, he was just blown away. And then I I think I would be too. Like, yeah, I mean, I, 
Flying so have you heard of the Zentia effect? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Okay, oh. keep, keep going. I'll pull it up because you're going to be like, yeah. Like the, the fact, I mean. Because you described it earlier. It's actually what made the, me think of it. Oh, okay. Like the, uh, um, like, I, despite the fact that douchebags mostly do it, like the idea of going to stay, space sounds really bitching. Like <laughs> I would really like to have a concept of how really tiny earth is. You know, I would, I would I, really I think, like to see the earth from like that far yeah. away or be like close, be like on the moon and be like, Oh my God, like, Holy, like what the fuck? Like, okay. So hear me out on this. I just, you just made me think of this. Have you ever like left home for a while and you're like, I miss my bed. I oh, miss yeah, dude, my 100%. Hat, you know? yeah, yeah. Think about if you go to space, like there were just some people in space that there were like windstorms. They had to stay an extra week at the space station. I was reading about it online. So instead of, you know, coming back, they had to stay an extra week that they hadn't planned for. And I'm sure towards the end of it, they were like, because you think about, like I said, we don't see the sun for 45 days. We get sad. I'm sure if you're not seeing greenery, drink, uh, breathing fresh air all the time, because I'm not that saying like it's not living fresh. in New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does kind of sound like living in New York, but, but I can, I bet you that feeling of missing home is just like magnetized to the max. Cause it's like, yeah. that is literally your home. And so the overview effect, this is what happens to people uh, oftentimes when they go to space, it's the cognitive shift in awareness reported by some astronauts during space flight, often while viewing the earth from outer space. It's the experience of seeing the first it's, it's the experience of seeing firsthand the reality of the earth in space, which is immediately understood to be a tiny, fragile ball of life hanging in the void, shielded and nourished by a paper thin atmosphere. The effect may also invoke a sense of transcendence and connection with humanity as a whole from which national borders appear petty. That's what you described earlier, planting your flag, that whole human uh, you know, tendency to draw lines and to feel, get nationalistic and crazy and yeah, yeah, my team versus your team and fuck uh, Chevy. I'll only drive a Ford. Right, um, right, you know, right. Like all those different things. Oh, you're drinking Bushlight. Oh, you're smoking Cresco. Oh, you're smoking whatever the brand insert brand name here. People right, right, will right. just, you know what I mean. Um, right. And you realize again, who gives a fuck exactly. <laughs> and that's what I think that I know this all sounds very cheesy, but I think that I somehow no, experienced this all, dude. because yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't interrupt. No, no, no. It, it's all good. Really quick. It's just, I feel like I somehow experienced this because it's not that I went to space. Well, I guess I kind of did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. uh, it got so hot. Anyways, uh, I feel like I experienced this. And when I heard about this as an actual concept, I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like this is it. Yeah. Everybody needs to experience this. And I feel like this might be, I'm, maybe I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep saying like downplaying it and saying I'm being cheesy, but maybe this is like the answer. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Dude, There's a absolutely. lot of fucked up shit going on right now. And I, I just feel like this is the answer. People need to realize a, that all this shit's stupid. You know, it's, it's, it's a very complex thing, you know, um, while we're getting into personal philosophies and, and stuff like that, dude, sure. heavy, heavy episode on the Chillinoid podcast. This is awesome. We're laying um, it down. That's right. That's right. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, 
it's it's an interesting thing like the shit that we're fed through through media and you know the good and the bad you know like you know, movies and stuff you know and, and stuff like that you know what the expectation out of life is and you know what it is to be and what you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to be being productive you know that kind of shit you know what i mean and like you know identifiers and, and, and who you are. And I, I understand like, it, it's a very complex thing, you know, getting into, you know, culture and how that all, you know, has been created, you know, what's a construct, you know, what really exists, what really matters in the whole thing. And it's like, when you, you know, to, to, to speak of this, you know, the, the overview effect, you know, like when you look at, you know, to look at the planet in, in, in the void, you know, it's like, wow, like, it don't matter. Like, like, we're, it's so tiny. It's so insignificant. It's so, and that's the thing you, you call it precious because it's been devalued over time, you know, in our, in our perspective, it's like, I mean, I talk shit about it and I, I shouldn't say that. And it's like, people, you know, treat the planet like a fucking ashtray. You know what I mean? And it's like, to be like, no, like this fucking thing is very, very precious. This experience is very, very precious. And we're very, very unique and very, very fortunate to be here, you know? And I think like, it's like, it's a, I'm, you know, I make the gesture, but it's like, yes, we should be walking around, like holding it like an egg with a, with a level of reverence, you know, of how special it is. And it's like, holy crap, you're on this planet with me too. And it's like, all right, well, like we both understand, like it's our responsibility to make sure this thing stays safe. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, once again, through media and culture and all these other kind of bullshit constructs, like, we're fighting over, you know, scraps at the table of something that doesn't fucking matter. I mean, money doesn't exist only through the construct of what we've created. You know what I mean? On this stupid, insignificant planet and an insignificant part of the galaxy, you know, in, you know, in an insignificant part of an ever expanding or not an ever expanding universe, but an expanding universe, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, all right, something to be conscious of, you know? So it's like, once again, full circle, like, Maybe busting people for cannabis is maybe a, you know, a, a, a misallocation of time and resources, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, to speak of your, you know, your experience of going to outer space, like I, I've experienced, you know, stuff like that as well. It's, it's helped so much, you know, my, my experience with mushrooms has helped my greater concept of, of the world around me, um, uh, I don't know if, I, maybe we spoke about this before. Maybe it was the episode that actually we recorded that you guys actually had to, uh, that you guys unfortunately lost and we had to reshoot. We talked oh, about yeah. um, my, uh, my most recent uh, uh, mind expanding experience sitting on my back porch and uh, in the distance, there's a train yard, you know? So I'm sitting there and I'm really kind of experiencing kind of like, you know, the outside and really kind of enjoying it. And in the distance, there's a, a air horn goes off and it was just really kind of annoying and I really didn't like it. And it only existed for about, you know, 20 seconds and it stopped. And I sat there and I went, all right, like, I didn't like that, but it passed. I'm okay. That's like, all right, bad things pass. And it's like, it was something that just kind of got on my mind and I just kind of lived on for, you know, months at that point, you know, years at that point, something actually that still comes up, like that helps give me, you know, a little bit of perspective, you know, to be like, all right, like 
bad things pass. I'm doing all right. Like I'm doing the best I can in this crazy world. And God damn it, I'm doing all right. I've gotten to this point and I'm not dead and I ain't killed anybody and I'm not in jail. <laughs> you know, I feed myself daily, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, it's so I was going to make a joke about you. You said, uh, um, I've not killed anybody and I'm not in jail. And it's like, wait a minute, did you kill somebody? Is, is that why you brought up the fact that you're not in jail? I'm joking. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, no. Okay. So Listen, most people, people disappear and just don't come back. You know, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunate things happen to all of us. Hey, stuff happens. Um, so, uh, jokes aside, I liked what you said because, it's something that I've had to try to explain to people that are acquaintance. I mean, I have friends that, you know, or, or people that are in my life, you know, Jordan Davidson is one of them. He's never going to smoke weed with me. I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen, you know? <laughs> um, but what I've tried to explain to some of these people that just don't seem to get it, I don't know. They just, they like have this negative view of it because they've had this negative experience. I'm not trying to invalidate their experience. I'm just trying to say that their experience is not universal for all people. I've talked to you. I've talked to various other people, myself included. I talk to myself all the time. Now, uh, my, my, as long as you know where the voices are coming from, you're safe. Yeah. So what I was, <laughs> what I was going to say is basically you know, you talk about this thing that has stuck with you and it helps you through situations. I hear that. And I've experienced that myself. Uh, it's, it's just, I don't think people realize that about it. You know, um, I've heard it from multiple people that, that are also psychonauts, if you will. Um, you know, they have these lessons they've learned that, help them in their sober lives. That's the thing that people don't understand. They're like, Oh, you need the drugs to get through. And it's like, nah, dude, I do mushrooms like maybe once a year. Like that's all I need, you know, like whatever, like it's not, right. that's an, you know, I like res have respect for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I think, you know, one, it sounds like some folks plant their flag on one side of this issue. And instead of, taking in new data and, you know, and creating a new, uh, uh, new hypothesis, you know, they'd rather, you know, dig in, you know, or it's their hustle or what have you. And I'm not trying to pick fights or talk shit or anything like that. I, think, but, I know, don't I mean to cut you off, but I think we also, as a society kind of for the longest time have lied about our drug use. So we feel like everybody's sober when in fact, most people are going through their daily dude lives using some sort of drug. You know? My lady, my lady works in healthcare. Um, she says if uh, if aspirin was in front of the FDA right now, it would never be approved over the counter. Absolutely, people die from and it people, all the time. You know, and it's you can buy. I can go out and you know buy you know what two hundred tablets. Mm -hmm. You know, pretty quickly. You know, and it's like. Like, so yeah, like this, this idea that people don't, you know, consume things for an altered dude, sugar. I mean, you fucking kidding me? Sugar. Like yeah. people, like if people myself included, don't believe us, try to cut sugar out of your diet for the next few days. Like actually try to, to, to intake zero sugar. I can, first of all, tell you, it's super difficult because it's hard to find the products, but it's also difficult yeah. because you realize, wow, I love sugar. <laughs> like, I mean, if you try to cut out fruit too, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and for, you know, like to, uh, so, uh, as somebody who's ADHD, like, uh, I like serotonin boost, dopamine boost, sugar, dude, 
Like, yeah. And it's readily available. I consume as much. Dude, I can get 25 grams of sugar in, what is it, uh, in, in an 18 or a 24-ounce Coke. Now it's fucking concentrated <laughs> sugar. sugar, right? A high fructose corn syrup, baby. Let's That's go. good stuff. That's a good stuff. <laughs> you know what I need. You know what I need. Yeah, dude, it's... it's once again, you know, it's that personal constitution and what's, you know, and when what's being sold to you, you know, I mean, look at all the other kind of bullshit that's, you know, that's sold like online or, or that you see on TV, you know, that it's like, all right, totally a hustle, but people, you know, like buy it up and stuff like that. And then it's like, all right, like, like, what if I told you, like, you know, you can consume, you know, a flower that, Listen, like, you know, you know, let's get uh, a point to that your uh, dude, um, uh, Sam Bannister talked about, you know, talking about like the healing claims of cannabis and some of the things that like we're kind of that we kind of gloss over. Um, like my pushback on on he's right about the scientific part about it. we know that like when it comes down to terpenes, you might have to have much higher concentrations of linalol or you know or limonene and, and shit like that to get the effect that a lot of things claim that being said like i think there's something else happening with cannabis that we can't exactly put our finger on because of testing and lack of knowledge like that does have healing properties for people uh for me like and i keep an eye out on this as far as like uh, genetics are concerned to maybe kind of understand what, how it's going to affect me, um, to get the desired effect. Like, does it uh, kill all the, you know, does cannabis kill all of the pain inside my you know knees or feet after I go for a long run? No, I'm still uncomfortable, but my mindset is shifted in a way. Am I, you know, and I feel more relaxed to where it's like, yeah, like I'm uncomfortable, but it's like, I'm functional. Like, isn't it the same thing if you take acetaminophen or ibuprofen? Like, yeah, like after I take that, I'm not pain free. You know, I can't leap over the house, but it's tolerable, you know, that kind of shit. And it's like, it's the same thing, but it's like cannabis ain't going to tear up your stomach or your liver like those two things do like, and you wouldn't give it a second thought to take two before bed you know, or during your day. You know what I mean? But it's like you see on there and it clearly says, don't take more than four of these a day. And it's like, well, that sounds that that can be dangerous enough, you know, if you're irresponsible, but you know, not a second thought, you know, is, is given to any of that, you know, when we're, you know, we're handing it out to people, but like, to, once again, to go back to your, to the point that Sam made, it's like, yeah, like I I'd like there to be more science there. Like the entourage effect, I guess is, you know, not the proper, you know, way to explain it, you know, uh, but there's something there, you know, in like, you know, the effect itself. Um, you guys talked about an interesting thing. It's like when you're talking about THC levels, like not being important to talk about what kind of experience it is. Like it depends on what kind of lens you're going to look at these things through. Right. Um, does it indicate a higher experience with flower? No. But does it increase, does it indicate a higher experience in a concentrate? Yes. It's like, you know, some of the concentrates that you get, there's 93% in the thing. It's, it's like a super flower. Like, of course, it's going to give you, a, you know, a bigger experience. Like we're now we're talking about those concentrate levels where it's really, you know, where you're kind of breach that, you know, moment, you know, also to talk into the science of that, you know, like what temperatures are you, you know, uh, cooking at? 
cooking. You know, that sounds bad. It's not breaking bad folks. Uh, like what temperatures are you, uh, are, are you using combustion? You know, are we passing boiling points? How do you feel emotionally? All that kind of stuff. There's so many things that go into it that we, you know, that we don't even understand yet. So it's like, you know, yes, Sam is right. You know, when it comes down to the science that we don't know and we don't have those concentrate, yes. But also where I push back on it is there is something there that is therapeutic and it can be explained and communicated with people. And I think because we haven't established the vocabulary or the lexicon of what that is properly, we're stuck with the entourage effect, THC levels, sativa and indica, you know, that we all know like is, is clever marketing, but is not going to tell you, you know, give you the information that you want to have. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would say, you know, I, completely agree. I tried to make that case and I thought that that's where he was coming from. And to an extent, he does seem to acknowledge that certain, the presence of certain phytocannabinoids, I think he said can lead to different physiological effects. So I think that's kind of what you're saying. And that's yeah, what I was yeah. trying and, to. And I, I shouldn't push back. And I, I don't push back like heavy on Sam. Like he did like point that out. Like, and he, like he, he recognized a the therapeutic uh, value of cannabis. And I, I don't want to make it seem like he, yeah. like he's like, no, that's all bullshit. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want to misrepresent what he said. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, one of the things I was trying to get him to, I was hoping that it would be like a really insightful thing. And it turns out, I mean, I, I'm going to touch base with them about it and we'll have them on again, but it turns out that maybe I was, sounds like I maybe wasn't on the right track. And I was surprised to say it. I mean, and, and I even admitted it to Jordan Davidson. I was, I've been saying a lot that THC cannot be like used as an indicator of potency. And what I'll often say is sure you're right. You know, sometimes you take a dab or a rip off of, of a dab pen um, and it's blows your fucking mind. But sometimes I've taken like, you know, multiple dabs and I'm just, it's not doing it. And then I'll break out like a 14% flower, something that you wouldn't, you know, maybe, maybe it's 20 plus, maybe not though. That's the point. Like oftentimes it's funny. Those 13s to 19 percenters are like great, like it's a great flower. And I've always wondered yeah. what's going on there because it'll flip my world upside down. And I was trying to ask him, I was like, there's gotta be something going on there. For and me, like the conclusion, the hypothesis that yeah. I would have is like, since you're switching strains and you're fucking with different sure. like neurons and like which kind and I can't think of the the proper scientific like the the communicators that go between the neurons. Oh, I can't the receptors. Can't think of them. The, 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 between the receptors are being triggered differently. You and know? I'm not gonna. After I want to be clear. I don't know that that's the correct yeah, answer. No. I have. And, and I, <laughs> we and both I are way either. out of it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're totally speaking out of turn, and you yeah. know we'll get but somebody it's else. To, it's fun. Let's keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Hey, like, I'm listen. Like, even when I was smoking shitty weed in college, like, if we had an opportunity to switch a strain, it's like clearly, like, this is a different batch or what have you. It's like, all right we seem to be getting stoned again because we're smoking the old shit and we just get bored. You know, like it just doesn't, isn't Same effective thing. anymore. So yeah. there's gotta be a thing that like, once again, it's lack of research on all of those stuff. Like, well, we actually really to your haven't point, looked into the physiological part of it. To your point, um, Hamilton Morris did speak about this. So I think this would actually lend yourself 
the, I don't know. I'd have to, again, get somebody more informed, but he talked about the fact that the idea of, of a tolerance and how that happens is because your body learns how to metabolize the cannabinoids faster. And so my idea, like piggybacking off of what you said would be that maybe when you're smoking that same flower, it's like, like you say, it's hitting that same receptor. It's all the same, basically batch of cannabinoids. I'm totally, I'm somebody more informed is probably listening. And no, I'm no, like no. This is a good point. hypothesis. But you know forward. what I mean? Um, scientific it's like your body being a human, (laughs) Yeah, your body reaches homeostasis with that product. And so when you introduce a new product with different levels, it's like, Whoa, you know, like I I feel like that goes to your point. And I, I think there's something there for sure. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, well, I guess to complete my thought really quick, what I've tried to get out of him was, is it the other cannabinoids that we know about or, and also, is it the cannabinoids that we don't know about? Cause I've talked to like people hmm. from different testing labs and they openly admit like, okay, yeah, here's the ones that are going to be displayed on the label, but there are hundreds of cannabinoids, hundreds of cannabinoids that we don't even like bother like printing out like what the, cause nobody knows what they do. And it's just like, so I'm like, but wait a minute. So you're saying there's this equation that equals high yeah, <laughs> and you're not telling you're not, we're not looking into all the numbers Um, and what Sam pushed back with, and I was, I was surprised because like I said, I've been kind of hammering on this point of THC doesn't equal potency. I wasn't always sure about the, about the terpenes. I was more convinced, not that they don't exist. I also want to be clear about that. Terpenes definitely exist. It's the question of whether they play into the high. My thought was maybe they weren't part of the equation and it was all these cannabinoids that we don't even know about. And his point apparently was that he's not really seen anything other than THC that affects, yeah. uh, well, of course, CBD. It, he said that it was like, it's the most potent of them. Potent the of, most yeah, effective at a lower dose. You know what I should have asked though? THCO, which is a new, arguably synthetic cannabinoid. And he knows all about that. And that's why I want to bring him back on the show that I believe the Chicago sun times reported as being like 10 times more potent than THC. And it's like, okay, well, what are we talking about now? You know what I mean? I'm not right. saying that THCO is uh, highly present in any flower or anything. In fact, like I said, I believe that you kind of have to synthesize it and put it into a concentrated product or right. an edible or something like that. But here again, it's like, there are these cannabinoids that obviously exist and if we're not looking at the formula, formula, I don't know. I'm still like kind of on, you know, it's, I listen to what Sam says. But unknowns. I'm, yeah, exactly. I, I'm interested at, I'm just so excited though, that we're getting to this point where people are actually looking into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really yeah. what I'm excited about. You know, uh, once again, to, once again, to look at things from the commercialistic spirit, an opportunity for people to do research and have jobs and, you know, expand the thing kind of thing. Very good point. But, yeah. but I digress. Um, like, there's so many unknown unknowns, right? Cause so little research has been done, has been done. Like nobody can make a blanket statement, you know, about any of this shit. It seems right now, cause there's so much stuff that we don't know from the physiological spot and from the, you know, from the chemical perspective, you know, all of that kind of shit. Uh, and all of that's, you know, super important. Um, so like we can't pigeonhole any of those things to say that, like, I think, you know, and, and I think the important thing, you know, for 
Chillinoy podcast, you know, Canabev, all that other kind of stuff is, is to be a guide in all of that, you know, because we don't know, but like, you know, through looking at it, you know, through the proper lenses, you know, and with the proper critical eye, we can fill in some of those blanks a little bit better as we get, you know, closer to some of those answers. Um, I mean, there's, once again, to speak of our lack of, of knowledge on these topics, there's so many things happening inside the cannabis plant like that, you know, go into, you know, how it affects, you know, our body that, you know, it's hard to say one way or another, I guess it's kind of how, where I keep falling on it. It's like, yeah. you know, I don't want to dispel the hard work of so many, you know, people that have worked, you know, hard to, you know, explain, you know, what cannabis can do. But I also recognize like, you know, where science, uh, you know, where science is and where science is that frankly is behind on the topic. Uh, and I think, you know, the closer we get to, you know, explaining, being able, you know, to explain anecdotally and scientifically, like, you know, will the better experience for every, everybody it's going to be, you know, and, and, and once to speak in, you know, some of the meta, uh, meta shit that we've talked about, like it's about the experience of life, you know, people want to feel you know safe in those experiences. Like I, I feel like, you know, folks like us are kind of encouraging folks to, to, you know, to go in that direction and have that mind experiencing experience, or maybe change your, you know, your global outlook, you know, on things, you know, and being like, all right, like I've lived in my comfortable, I've lived on this, you know, this hill, this mountain that I've been defending, you know, ever since the beginning of time, you know, maybe there's something at the bottom of the hill that's that might not be, make me feel as triumphant or as big in that moment, but uh, I'll find a little bit more peace and, you know, and see that there's so much more to be, you know, life has to offer, you know, than my tiny worldview kind of thing. You know, I, I hope this doesn't piss anybody off. You know, maybe people are happy and they're, and they're, you know, all right, we'll turn this full circle. Um, there is a, uh, to wine, like there is a place in the uh, Southern, Northern Rome, and it's called uh, Hermitage, uh, and uh, and there uh, it's called Hermitage because there was a uh, a man who lived in a castle at the top of this hill, and he was a hermit, and he just never left where he lived. So it's like, yes, we can be the hermit on top of his hill, you know, that might have some wine and it might be delicious, but he doesn't experience anything outside of this hill. And, you know, there might be a few beautiful things out there that you might want to experience more than the, the, your own, your own brand, you know? Yeah. Well said, very well said. Um, yeah. So, I'm not sure where to stand on that. I will say that I have evolved on it. If people have listened to the podcast for long enough, they know that I used to bring up the entourage effect all the time. And I would say ter ter uh, terpenes and flavonoids, that should be part of the equation. And, um, you know, so the, the I will I say it that can't be a part of the equation. I mean, we can't remove it, but it's like we can't. We're saying that it's not the entire equation. You know, yeah, I guess what an I'm episode saying is, on terpenes and shit like that as well. Like what we've yeah. learned, like, and that's the part, that's the part of, you know, you know, having a the scientific mind or, or having a human, you know, a, a human, you know, log, logical human uh, perspective on something. It's like, oh, I've got new information. I'm going to change how I look at it. Yeah. I think yeah, that's absolutely. reasonable. <laughs> absolutely. 
the thing that broke it down for me, and I mean, I'm still open to be swung the other way, obviously, but like the thing that broke down the terpenes for me that really broke it down for me. And I use this as an example, uh, later in the episode and Sam with, with Sam is like, I realized some of the best highs I have are from edibles. It's like, I don't, I use concentrate. There are very little terpenes present. Um, you know what I mean? I and it's a different experience for me. Like actually the other day I consumed a little too much, uh, edibles yeah. and it's just a stony feel like it's just a body stony yeah. feel for me. And that can be a, a little too much. I need something that's a little bit more, you know, up a little there. bit more poppy, a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more up here. That's going to keep me doing my thing. Cause it's like, dude, I'll lay around and do shit all day. I'll play video games all day. Like, you know, I got nothing wrong with that, but you know, I got stuff to do. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, that being said, uh, the edibles are, they've gotten so delicious right now. I mean, my, my ice cream thing has just been fed. I can put together having a whole bunch of delicious sugar and ice cream and THC. Mm, where do I sign up? What a combination. <laughs> what a combination. Um, the other thing hey was man, cannabis lounges. I want to have that shit for people cannabis lounges yeah that'll be that'll be the next big thing i hope um you know it's actually interesting i've not you know in in other states they just didn't really take off and i don't know what what that means uh but like if you look at colorado that. yeah like there's some that stick around they're like uh, they call them vip clubs and you pay like a monthly fee but it was really hard to find when i went uh, the first few times and and even since to colorado to just find like like, I just want to find like a consumption lounge, like you find a bar, you know? And I think what's difficult, I think what is truly difficult is that most people want to bring their own weed and their own pieces. And so it's like, where and how do they make you the money? Can't other than, yeah. It's yeah. Because yeah, with the bar, you, you've got tips and that's, I mean, that's, that's where it's at. You know, that's what makes yeah. it worth being a bartender. Am I wrong? You know, um, the tips and it's like, what, I'm not saying that stoners aren't very giving people or whatever, but if, you know, if you look at it through that lens, like I'm just really wondering like, okay, snacks, um, the price to get in, that's where you make some money, snacks, drinks. Um, you can rent out pieces, I guess, but it's hard to know how to quantify such a thing. I mean, it's like, I guess like my, my logic is my idea is tickets. It's yeah. tickets. You'd have to, you'd have to buy tickets. You know I mean? Reservations essentially is what I'm saying. You know, it's nothing, it's nothing genius about that. Like, um, like yeah, just to make to, sure you know, it'd be worth opening yeah. it up for that day. Yeah. And it, it has to sense. be like, it, it has to be like, uh, in-house, like in-house herb, you know, in-house pieces. Like we, you know, you'd have, 20 different pieces. You'd have twice as many pieces, you know, per, you know, than you'd need, you know, per table or what mm-hmm. have you, just cause you know, you want to be able to wash things, you know, yeah. and keep everything sanitary, you know, and I'm, and it, and it takes like, I'm sure it wouldn't take anything more than, you know, 20 minutes to po- properly clean and dry out, you know, a bong or I can some just, shit like that. I can just picture like the waiter coming up, like with a bong and he's like, he like sets it down. Okay. People today, I'm going to be your server. He's like pouring ice cold water into it. Uh, my name is Nathan and I will be getting whatever you want today. Uh, we'll start with you ladies first. You know, he's like, <laughs> the fuck. Hey dude, why the fuck not? Yeah. yeah why I the fuck that. not? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and if you can tie like a grow license to one of those things or some sort of, mm. or like, you know, if the owner, if you can like, 
you know, if people that are your, you know, your owner operator kind of thing, you know, part of the LLC, like if they're all med patients, we all grow our five plants. This is what we, you know, and this is what we sell here, you know, that kind of thing, you know, it can all be like, and send, you know, one of the fucking federales to come in and be like, yep, they've got, you know, there's five people on the board and there's 25 plants. Right. You know what I mean? And you, you know, and you have a rotation, you know, that kind of thing. It's turning into a bigger and bigger operation, but look, there's no reason why such a thing can exist. Yeah. Like, I mean, you if pair I can that sit here with, on the- you pair that with different activities like comedy, I obviously I'm going to recommend comedy and they're doing that now. A lot of people are doing that. You pair that with like puff and paint, you know, yeah. different, different activities like that movie night, whatever. I don't know. Karaoke. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> a know, whole bunch the- of things, a whole bunch of different experiences, or you want to sit around and like, like, and like the chill. front can be the front can be you know a coffee shop, your yeah. basic ass coffee shop that you see in Amsterdam. That's what people travel thousands of miles to go see. You know, it's right? crazy. I I wanted to ask you. To, I think it'd be cool to talk about this. Uh, your experience going to other dispensaries, and I just want to give you my experience really quick. You just reminded me of it. I went to this one dispensary in Michigan, and the beginning, the the, the front room was a coffee shop. It smelled good. He's like, hey. While, we, while you wait, would you like a cup of coffee? And I was like, sure. And he's like, well, what would you like? And I was like, just black coffee. And then Justine's like, oh, I want a frosted macchiato with blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, you yeah. know, she likes fancy stuff. I just, right. call you. give me my lady fucking, the same. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me some oat fucking, milk in mine. Makes me feel fancy. Yeah. There you go. But it was just crazy. And, and, um, while he's making it then somebody calls us, calls us in and we go in and as you know, it's like deli style. So you can see all the flour and, but yeah, I want to hear about your experience. I, I, I like the way you describe it. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, the fact that you can see like one, and so we went to Michigan, uh, went to Buchanan, Kalamazoo, Portage, um, like, and there's a video, there's a video for folks that want to check it there's out on two. Cannabev, two videos. That's correct. Yeah. So again, folks, links to Cannabev's content in the show notes, uh, continue though. Wanted to make sure they knew there were the videos. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, they, um, I mean, the places that I went, you can see your weed, you can see a version of the weed. It's essentially the floor model of the weed. Now, of course, it's probably been in there for a while. It doesn't have to, you know, the greatest looks kind of thing. The onus is on you to ask questions about harvest dates and stuff like that. That's very important. Um, don't want to give you guys a wrong illusion about Michigan dispensaries. There's, you can find shit just as easy over there as you can here. So you have to ask the right questions. Um, that being said, you can see, uh, your flower, um, there's different, um, producers, um, some of the places like they have their MSO version and the, and the dudes that are, um, essentially trying to crush the caregiver program and stuff like that. Uh, you can look up, um, the flyer that they made at the Michigan Canacast on, on Instagram, if you want to check that out. Um, but those guys are essentially the jerk faces of Michigan weed. That being said, there's great deals on stuff. Like you can get, you can get the, you know, when you get decent weed, at the dispensary in Illinois, you know, and it's pretty good, but it's not great kind of thing. You can get the same thing there for 45 bucks, you know, so it's much more affordable. So it's like, if you decided, you know, you wanted to buy your limit or what have you over there, you would probably save 25%, 30% compared to buying here. Cart deals, a hundred dollars for five carts, five gram carts. Yeah. You know, they're not as concentrated, you know, they don't have as high as concentrates as we do, but still they vape fine. And it's like, it's, it's essentially a steel kind of thing. So it's just like, 
It's a better market as far as prices are concerned. It's the same pitfalls here. You know, shitty weed, you know, jerk face can of chads owning all of the shit, trying to crush any kind of caregiver and social equity. Um, and, you know, cro crooked jerk faces, you know, in, you know, uh, uh, inside the community. But it's like it, it's you can save more money there. It's not perfect, but you can save a lot of money going that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, quick shout out for my canicast i'm displaying there um right my canicast uh, i should say i keep saying uh, well they, they could describe themselves as michigan well, cannabis uh, podcast so you're right on target man but yeah uh uh we've we've been on there but you were just on there so if folks want to get more cannabis yes. uh cannabis is going to be or is on right. the my canicast one of the most recent my canicast. Oh, you will be. Okay. Well, yes. and depending on when this is released, you might've been. So who knows? We're high. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, shout out to our local creators. If you're wanting to figure out what's going on in Michigan, this is a good podcast for you. Um, Canadave yeah. and Groovy Music are both super, super down to earth, nice people. That, yeah. You know. Yeah, dude, I've felt so fortunate doing those guys are awesome. Yeah. really awesome like we actually kind of we had an awesome conversation about like my perception of their market and their perception of our market and kind of thing and it's like all right cool it's like it's fucked up but for different reasons you know it's kind of like going yeah it's kind of like working in an it's it, yeah it's working in an industry and it's like it's bullshit it's just different bullshit it's like you know like when you work in the restaurant industry and it's like it's like yes it's you go to a different restaurant expecting it to be different you know it's different bullshit but it's still like the same kind of nonsense it's like just, how do you want it you know extra crispy or you know or you know bloody as hell you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny well hell yeah i'll have to check that out that sounds that sounds interesting uh i definitely definitely going to be tuning into that episode because it'll be funny to hear like their reactions to what you think about their market and and vice versa because i'm sure you were like did a lot of yeah. snickering. They did a, did a yeah. lot of snickering, like while I was saying stuff. But it's like, and they weren't being jerks about it or anything. No, like no, that. no. It's it's you fun. Know? It is it was funny. clearly out. Of, yeah, it, right, it's yeah. Out, of, out of town. Stupid. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, you know, it's, exactly. It's, it's, it's the tourist and 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 uh, in uh, what you call it. We come in, in with bright eyes and yeah. Oh, and the weed's like, cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like mm, yeah, but you know, there's a rub to it. There's a rub to it. You know, they have a different kind of price war thing going on over there. Um, that's how they kind of. That's how like the big places kind of are trying to snuff out caregivers and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, well, we're just way we don't allocate. They don't allocate allocate flour to the medical side. Um, you can't really be a caregiver and sell to a dispensary. And even if you could, the products that they make are like are like 20 percent less expensive so it's like they just don't even make it practical to buy anything like that so it's like that's how they that's how they decide to be jerks it's like yeah you're in the market but it's like you can't get on any shelf like so be mindful illinois like you know when the next you know craft licenses happen whenever it happens you know if it ever happens it will eventually happen um but uh yeah like don't get too excited actually uh, i just saw a thing on what was it mary uh, mz biz uh that uh new york is already like um, issued like another like 80 licenses that are already up to like 180 or some shit like that. And it's like, all right, this, this happened pretty, pretty quickly. All right. Yeah, me, uh, me, meanwhile, companies are purchasing craft cultivation licenses. Um, Merrimack nice. 
just recently purchased, um, according to a press release. This one's a weird one. Um, you know, somebody messaged us and said that it's fun. It, they said it's weird that they're just making this press release today, which that was two days ago, which today is five, seven. I don't know when I'm releasing this podcast. Um, uh, these people in their press release, you can see right here, they say the Mount Vernon cultivation and processing facility currently under construction will house up to 14,000 square feet of canopy, which I guess is, you know, again, they can build it out to that, but it's kind of a interesting thing to bring into the press release when you consider that they, from what I understand, cannot take advantage of 14,000 square feet yet which is why LaShawn Ford was trying to, you know, remember LaShawn Ford was pushing for a yeah. bill to make it so that they could just 14,000 square feet off the bat. It's like, well, if they can, why not do it off the bat? And I agree with that logic. Right, right. Right, but right. The point, the point is this press release says it that way, but it's like, I don't know if it's just make, I think it's probably just to make it appealing to investors. Like, Hey, we've got this craft cultivation license. We've got vertical integration in Illinois. We have 14,000 square feet of canopy. Like a lot of people though messaged me, they thought it was weird that A, it was just announced when it appeared in local papers, like it March 7th, that was like two <laughs> months ago. Um, so, and apparently they asked Illinois officials about this because it appeared in a local newspaper and they're like, no, 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 this hasn't happened. Well, here we are two months later and it has happened. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, I'm not uh saying there's anything meticulous about the 14,000 square feet, but it is one of the main critiques I've heard. They're like, why are they saying it's 14,000 square feet? Has there been a backdoor deal done so that they can immediately open with 14,000 square feet? And I'm like, ah, I think you're hastily jumping to conclusions. I do think it's weird that they like list that in there, but you know, you it's gotta to be careful it about look, it's to make it look more safe to be like, we'll be within with regulation whenever this happens. Bingo. You and know? they'll be able to scale up is really, I think you're right. Point scale yeah, up to yeah, maximum yeah. They um, would, but it, i would imagine they're probably going to scale up really fast too because it's um like i mean fourteen thousand square feet there's a dollar amount attached to that right so whatever space you're not utilizing is loss so they'll be right, scaling but, up very quickly but the issue is um the issue is that i believe i might be wrong on this but when you open and this is everybody's problem right now this is why LaShawn ford was pushing for that bill that i think ultimately died when you open you can only do three thousand even if you have fourteen thousand you can only do three and the process in which you can expand that has not really been clearly explained but the law reads that the illinois department of agriculture can approve you to increase your canopy space up to 14,000 square feet. Mm. So LaShawn Ford was just trying to say like, if you're, if you're going to let people have that anyway, and if they, if they have the capability, why not, if they have the license, just let them do it. Why would they have to yeah. go through step-by-step -step approval? I think that's a great point and it's sad to Hell see yeah. that bill die. But, uh, but yeah, that's why people I think are critiquing, critiquing yeah. that. And my well, point I is just that both things can be true, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, th that's the thing though. I mean, if you're like, it's too much startup, it, it's way more startup capital to right. be like, you have to do it incrementally. You should just buy the space that you need or create the space that you need initially Absolutely. and be able to do that immediately. Cause once again, there's a price point to unused space, but if you're like, you know, if we're, you know, I, I wouldn't know the dimensions, if we're a hundred by a hundred, 
you know, when we first start. And by the time, you know, we build 14,000 square feet, we got to, you know, we got to be able to house that as well. Like those upgrades cost money, like a lot of money, like a lot, a lot of money when you're, you literally have to make a brick and mortar, you know, like, so if you're not immediately at that space, like you're already kind of at a disadvantage, especially something that, you know, you're something that has way more equity than you do, or has more, uh, uh, more capital behind it than you do. Um, so yeah, that just sounds like it's like that incremental step up kind of thing really kind of just opens the door to more barriers to entry. You know what I mean? You know, it makes it that much more difficult because like, especially when you're operating on a small scale, because it's like your cost to make a unit is, are naturally just going to be more expensive than it would be for somebody who's already making on a, making 14,000 square feet, you know, or have a bigger grow, you know, that puts you at an economic disadvantage. So yeah, to, to operate your day-to-day operations is going to be more expensive. So, you know, it's another part of the price war, you know, it's, yeah. you can't compete. It's just too damn expensive. And it's like, cause think of it this way, you need to have like, you know, however many technicians or however many growers or what have you. And it's say for argument's sake, just to keep it simple, it's $15 an hour. Like, well, for you, you know, if you have to have three of those people, your layer, you know, your labor cost is are going to be higher than a larger grow that might have five or six, but they can absorb those costs easier. You know what I mean? Because of, you know, economies of scale, you know, and, yeah. you know, plus, you know, maybe the bigger grow has more automation involved in it. So you don't need to have that many people there, you know, I mean, like, and if you're a smaller grow and you want to hire better people, you know, like, well, the other place is paying 15. Can you afford 18 or 20? Uh, maybe you're not because of course your margins aren't as well. So it's kind of baked into the pie, you know, for some of the small places not to be successful. Yeah. And I think something that's happening in Michigan could start to happen here soon. Um, uh, people have said it online. I think we've said, talked about it on the show before the idea that I'm sure as soon as one of these craft cultivators come online there, you're going to see it, the pl- price floor drop uh, substantially oh, to make shit, it yeah. hard for them to compete. One of the other things we've said on the podcast that I found out that apparently was false uh, through a conversation with um, the CROO is that craft growers can now, and this is good news, can sell their cannabis to medical cannabis dispensaries at the medical cannabis tax rate. Um, I think, I believe at one point that wasn't the case. We used to talk about it and say that that was bullshit. Now that, now that is the case. So that's great. But as I say in this description, as you, if you can see it, we need to allow all, we need to allow medical cannabis patients to shop at all dispensaries at the medical cannabis tax rate. That's the next logical step, right? Like why are there adult use only dispensaries? That's ridiculous. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, because of the buying power of, um, recreational, um, you know, med, med menus get shorter, you know, oh, yeah. just because there's, you know, there's just more people that can potentially buy, you know, plus, you know, I'm sure they want to discourage, you know, medical patients, you know, cause you can grow then as well. Um, and there's, you know, shit that comes, you know, along with that. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's just all targeting to kind of maximize profit, uh, which is really disappointing, but it's like, 
it should be, you know, easily available for, to folks to, you know, to walk in. And it's like, once again, you talk about the legality uh, of cannabis and it's like, well, you really have to go through all of this, you know, there, and there should be security, especially because there's no uh, federal pro- uh, protection for places, but it's like, it always has to be secret as fuck. You know, you have to be ashamed of it kind of thing. And I know alcohol has to be put in paper bags or like, you know, opaque bags and shit like that. Um, but, um, but still like, I, I don't know, like the whole kind of like, uh, um, you know, demonization, uh, uh, of the weed itself, you know, makes it difficult for things to move forward, you know, and it lets, you know, it allows, you know, the people who have the most financially to gain from it to kind of actually kind of maintain the mystique around it, you know, through bullshit marketing, you know, and, you know, maybe kind of subtle, uh, scare tactics. Yeah. Well said. Well, um, I want to thank you for your time today. Um, I've had a really fun time. We, uh, we, we got deep and it was a good time. I want to remind that's what she said. (laughs) That is what she said. Um, uh, uh, I want to remind (laughs) of, you know, the fact that you're on Instagram and everything else. And you can find all those links in the link, uh, the show notes, uh, for today's episode. Um, so check that out. It's got link links to follow Cannabev, subscribe, all that good stuff. They've got great content. So check it out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Chris, it has been a pleasure speaking with you and uh, is there there anything else you want to, uh, plug any new content or any new things you got going on before we go and make sure to give you that space. I'll be doing uh, some more reviews, getting back to review soon. Now that I've recovered, I can smell a few more things now. I'm going to get that moving. Uh, I'd like to go out to Michigan again, uh, check out some of their stuff. I have a little bit better idea of what to expect. Uh, like to, you know, see the, the Mike Canacast folks and might go to Ann Arbor or some shit. Don't know yet. Uh, but those are some formats that are going to be coming up. Uh, keep on trying to bring, you know, good content to, uh, to your folks and just keep documenting this journey. And it's been, uh, it's been my privilege to, to be on the chill night podcast a couple of times now. It's always great content. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Justine, uh, for these opportunities. And I uh, can't wait to, you know, keep talking with you folks, smoke some more weed and, uh, uh, keep experiencing, uh, this thing called life. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the summer of 2022. We are going to be rocking and rolling and I'm sure that you and I are going to be sharing some cannabis, uh, at least sometime this summer. So, um, can't wait folks. If you want some of the best cannabis content in the state of Illinois, follow Cannabev. All right, folks, this was an episode of the Illinois podcast. We'll see you next time.